Hello, and welcome to La Jolla Presbyterian Church's Sermon Podcast for Sunday, August 5th, 2018. This morning is Youth Sunday, and Tyler Whitman, our high school summer intern from Whitworth University, is preaching on the parable of the prodigal son. The scripture is Luke chapter 15, verses 11 through 32. Please listen after the sermon for a few announcements. You can also learn about what's happening at La Jolla Press by visiting our website, ljpress.org, downloading the La Jolla Press app on your smartphone or tablet, or by contacting the church office at 858-454-0713. And now here's Tyler with The Prodigal Son. Luke 15, verses 11 through 32. Jesus continued, There was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all that he had, set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth in wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country, who sent him to the fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired men have food to spare, and here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired men. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. Meanwhile, the older son was in the field. When he came near the house, he heard music and dancing, so he called one of the servants and asked him what was going on. Your brother has come, he replied, and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has him back safe and sound. The older brother became angry and refused to go in, so his father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered his father, Look, all these years I've been slaving for you and I've never disobeyed your orders, yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours, who has squandered your property with prostitutes, comes home, you kill the fattened calf for him. My son, the father said, you are always with me, and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad, because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He is lost and is now found. My name's Tyler. Uh, I'm the high school ministries intern uh, this summer, and it's just been a blast to be able to come and be here, and uh, I'm super excited to share God's word with you. And so today we got, we just heard the parable of the prodigal son. And, uh, you know, when I think about being lost, it reminds me of a time when I was physically lost. And so I I want you guys to kind of think about a time that you were physically lost at this moment. Uh, And so I'm going to tell you a story about my first few weeks here in San Diego. I I decided on a Friday night that I would go and uh, spend some time downtown. Why? I don't know. I just thought might, might as well explore. And about halfway down the freeway, I realized I really had to go to the bathroom. Um, and I started to have that conversation in my head that, you know, you have with your parents when you're younger. 
why didn't you go before you left? Because I didn't have to go when I left. Uh, and so I get, I'm like, okay, I'll find a place in downtown San Diego for me to go to the bathroom. And uh, you guys know downtown San Diego on a Friday night, there's no parking um, unless you want to pay $25 for parking. And so I'm driving around trying to find some spot where I can just go to the back. I just go into a store and just go. But I'm like, there's nowhere at all. So I'm like, I'll just keep driving around and maybe I'll find a 7-Eleven. So I get on this one road and I just keep going. And I think I know where I'm going because I think I have a good sense of direction and I don't really at this moment because I don't know where I am. And uh, about 10 minutes later, I realize I am on the San Diego Naval Base. Um, I, I really had to go to the bathroom and I'm trying to figure out how to get to this place. And all of a sudden, I'm at, I'm at this place. I have no idea where I'm at. So I'm like, okay, this is, this is just not going to work. I'm not going to find parking. I'm not going to be able to go to the bathroom. So I just went all the way back home. I drove another 35 minutes all the way home just to go to the bathroom. Didn't spend any time in San Diego. That was great. Uh, and so when I think about that, it reminds me of this story a little bit. And I think we can all uh, remember a time where we were lost. Not just physically lost, but spiritually lost. And that's kind of what the story illustrates here. You know, when we, when we think about uh, the first son in this story, we see a glimpse of the time that we didn't know Jesus. We see brokenness, pain, hurt, and sadness and confusion, and then disconnect from the God of the universe. Um, when I first came to God, uh, it was about three years ago, and I heard this story in church. I was, I was an atheist. I, went, I was that person that through uh, school I wanted to attack your faith. I wanted to be that guy. And, you know, I, I came to Whitworth University, and I was like, you know, I'm just going to kind of figure it out. And I got invited to church, and I heard the story of the prodigal son. Um, and at that moment in my life, I was really, really deep in just a lot of pain and brokenness. Um, I was going to parties every weekend because I thought that's what you were supposed to do in college. I was distant from my parents. I was fighting with them all the time. I didn't really have a good friend group. Um, and then I just continued to fall into depression and, and just pain. And it just, it was, nothing was right. And so when I heard this story about a father who, it didn't matter where I was, but as soon as I decided to turn my face to him, he was going to run to me, it was just amazing. When I hear this story, I think of uh, the father, you know, sitting on his front porch in a chair, drinking some nice iced tea, uh, and, he, and he looks out and he sees a dot and he knows exactly who it is, and he runs. And in this time, it's a big deal that he's running because at that time, he was, he was a man of stature, so he had a lot of money, he was a little bit older, and so, he, you know, and he would have had to lift up his robe to be able to run, which is just not customary at that time, but the father didn't care. The father felt compassion and so much love and joy that he decided to run to his son. And then it's so cool because what the son is doing is, I think, something that we do often, is he's got this amazing speech prepared because he just doesn't feel worthy. It reminds me of when I first came to God, I didn't feel worthy. I think we can all remember a time where we felt that guilt and that shame and that disconnect, we just felt like there's no reason that God would love me. I'm so far from him. I'm so broken. Why would the God of the universe, who's perfect, love me in a way that he, that he says that he does? It doesn't make sense. And it doesn't make sense just the same way as the way this father treats his sons doesn't make sense to us. You know, when we start first you know, sit back and we listen to this, we, you know, we can imagine us being the father, 
I don't know about you, but if your kid, if, if, my, if I had a kid and my kid came up to me and said, hey, I wish you were dead. Uh, you're not doing a very good job with your money. Give it to me. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't care about you anymore. I wouldn't be like, oh, yeah, sure, here you go, son. I'd be like, uh, no. Uh, I'm, I, I'm not going to give you any money, and I probably kind of, you know, most likely kick him out of the house. But that's because we're broken. We're not this father. We automatically see that this father is different than our nature. We see that not only does he give the first son, the younger son, his portion who asked for it, but he actually, it says that he divided his wealth among them and he gave the older son his two-thirds that he didn't deserve either. So this father automatically is different. And then we sit back and we can, I think, put ourselves in the Pharisee's shoes because when the son decides to come home, you know, they're probably, I, I can only imagine the Pharisees sitting there listening to the story that Jesus is telling. They're like, oh yeah, he's going to get his wrath. It's coming for him. I'm like, they were like, oh, this is, this is, here it comes. And then Jesus says something completely different than what they expect. Jesus says, no, no. This father loves his son so much that he cuts him off from his speech. You know, I don't know about you, but sometimes when I feel like I'm going to go confess my sins to God, I prepare this amazing prayer. You know, and, and I think, you know, this story is cool because it reminds us that that's not what we need. And that God's not going to sit there and he's going to wave his finger at us and say, yeah, you're right, you did that, you did that, you did that, you did that, and I'm going to condemn you, and I'm going to condemn you, and I'm going to condemn you. What the father's going to do is the father's going to stop you and say, son or daughter, I don't care about that anymore. We'll deal with that. We'll call you into newness. But what I care about right now is the fact that you've decided to come home. You've decided to turn your face back to me. And so when we sit here and we think about the depths of our sin, if we are in that moment, what's amazing is we have this gift of repentance that we're able to just turn our face back to the cross. And as soon as we do that, the Father runs to us and he embraces us and he kisses us and he says, son or daughter, you are home. You were dead in your sin, but you're alive again and I'm so happy and we're going to throw a party for you. Now, I think it's also important to recognize that the second son is also lost. It's called the prodigal son. I think sometimes we sit back and we listen to it and we think, oh, it's only the first son that's lost. But in reality, I think the second son is lost in a much deeper way. Because the second son is lost in the presence of the father every day. The second son is lost in his kingdom. The second son has totally and ultimately forgotten what his father does for him every day. What his father did for him that he didn't deserve all those you know, months or years or however long it was ago. The son sits back and he, and he just, he, he loses and he's lost perspective of who his father is. And I don't know about you, but somebody that's, been, when you're in the faith for a certain amount of time, I think it's real easy to drift into this part of the scripture. It's real easy to feel this way because oftentimes we don't have this amazing mountaintop experience where God kills the fattened calf for us and we're just so ecstatic. We don't always have that. You know, we, we, there are lulls in our life and then during those lulls, it's really easy to sit down and say, God, you're not present. God, why don't you kill the goat for me? You don't even do that for me. And then you sit back and you look at somebody who you know is in the depths of sin, come to church, 
and they raise their hands and they feel the fullness of God. You know, there are kids at my school that I know for a fact go to a party on a Saturday night and do things they shouldn't do. And then they go to church and they're feeling more ecstatic about worshiping God than I do in that moment. That's not fair to me. I sit down, I'm like, God, I do everything you ask. I pray, I read your word, I do all the good things, I go to church, I follow your law. Why don't I get that every day? And the thing is, is it's not that God hasn't done that for us, it's that I have forgotten who God is. I've forgotten the moment that I got to three years ago, sit in church and raise my hand and say, yes, God. I've forgotten what that felt like. And I forgot that when, when I did that, I didn't deserve it. You know, there's a song, Reckless Love, and I don't know if you've heard it, but it says, uh, your love is something that we can't earn and it's something we can't deserve, but still you give it to us anyway. Like that is so true and we forget that, especially when, we're in, when we've been in the faith for a long period of time. It's really easy to become resentful of those who, don't, who, who, are, who live in sin. It's really easy to sit back and say, I don't understand your sin, I don't get it, and you're not worthy. And you shouldn't experience the fullness of God because I know God and you don't. It's really easy to become this son when we don't feel God in every single moment. But you want to know what the amazing thing is? is that when we open his word, it's more than just a text. That is our ability to actually experience the living God every single day. And so we we have to remind ourselves, one, of that moment when we said, yes, God, however many years ago, however many months ago, however many days ago, we have to remember that moment always and remember that we didn't deserve it. And then two, remember that the God of the universe and perfection is standing next to us at every point of our life. And he's always there. And when we recognize that, it's so much easier to walk and feel connected to the Father. It's easier to say, to, to say praise God to those that we may not think deserve it. It's easier to say, you know what, I remember feeling that. And I'm so excited that you now get to feel the fullness that I feel with Christ. I now get to, you get, now get to experience that. We can celebrate that rather than sit in frustration and just, and just total condemnation. I think what I do when I become the second son is I completely forget that not only... Is the Father's love always there, but I'm still in sin right now. I'm still the first son every single day. No matter whether it be one step to the left and a white lie or a thousand steps, I have to turn my face back to Jesus every single time I do that. that that's, so, that's so true. And the, and the awesome thing is, is that God will always run to you, but it doesn't matter who you are. You're not perfect. You never will be. You'll never be able to deserve the love. You'll never be able to earn it. All you have to do is turn your face to it. But so I think I forget that I'm always in sin. You know, Jesus says, brother, why do you neglect the log in your own eye, but focus on the speck in your brother's? First remove your own log and then pick the speck out. 
I forget that I have a log in my eye because we all do. We all have logs. But it's so much easier to sit back and say, oh, I see your speck. I see your speck. But we forget that God calls us to focus on ourselves and our relationship with him first and then go out. The God of the universe loves everyone and he will always give his love away. He hung on a cross so that way we may be able to experience him fully. Doesn't matter who you are. Doesn't matter where you come from. Doesn't matter if you're like me and you're in in the depths of sin right now. Maybe right now you sit here and you feel as if you're far from God and you don't know him. Or maybe you've stranded and you've walked away from home. What's so amazing is all you have to do is say, yes, God. And you get to experience grace and love and forgiveness to the fullest. And I think that makes me so excited to worship God that we get to follow. What more would I do? What more can I do but to do that because of what God's already given me? And then maybe you feel like you're the second son. You feel like God hasn't done anything in your life lately. You feel like he hasn't killed the, cat, the fattened calf for you. He hasn't even killed a goat. You feel distant. You say, yeah, God, you're the Lord of my life, but I don't really feel you right now. Remember, go back. Go back to that moment where you said, yes, God. Remember that feeling. Because you guys all know if you have accepted Jesus, it's a feeling that you can't describe to anybody else that doesn't know him. My parents always ask me, why do you follow God? And I go, because of his love. Why do you say yes? I said, because I just felt it. And they don't get it. (laughs) Because it's a feeling that, but like when you remember that, it's so much easier to feel connected to God. And then when you remember that he's always next to you, it's so much easier to just walk in his love and his grace and never feel disconnected from him. We just need to remember the most precious truth of his love and the reason he died for us. Because if we forget these things, if we forget that he's given us something that we didn't deserve, then we become toxic. We become the second son and we become the people that people look at and they say, oh, the church has told me that I'm not worthy. It's not purpose. It's not on purpose. We don't do it, you know, on purpose. But I think a lot of times, and I know I have students that feel, the church says that because of who I am, I'm not worthy. We become that if we, if we, if we forget that God gave us a gift that we didn't deserve. We are supposed to be the people that shows God's love perfectly, that shows it to them and say, I don't care where you are. I don't care what you're doing. But I'm going to love you and I'm going to help you call, I'm going to call you out of it. And I'm going to give you uh, an experience of God so that way you're able to fully become one with him. That's who we're called to be. We're called to understand God's love and love him. And then because of that love, because of the thing that he gave us that we don't deserve, we go out and we say, we love you too. And we can emulate the father in that way. And then it's so cool because we have students that you guys are going to see come up here and they're going to tell you how God changed their life. And I think if we continue to sit back and remember the feeling of when we were changed, 
we can not only just sit here and say praise God, but we can celebrate every single time one of these students walks across this stage. I don't know about you, but I think we should cheer every time somebody says, God did this in my life. We should, I, I, we should throw a party because every single time somebody gives their life to Christ and somebody changes in, in, in Christ, there's a party in heaven. And we're called to emulate that same party here and now. We're able to participate in that party and participate in the love that God's given them and participate in everything that he's doing in this world. Let us never forget that love. Let us never forget the things that he gave us that we didn't deserve. Let's pray. God, just thank you for who you are. You are the creator of the heavens and the earth. And you call us into newness and you call us into love. And I thank you so much for that. Thank you for giving us something that we didn't deserve. Thank you for your love and your grace and your forgiveness. God, and I just pray right now for those of the people in the room that don't know you or seem far from you, that they recognize all they have to do is turn their face to you and say, yes, God. And I pray that they are able to fully experience your spirit in that moment. But God, I also pray for those of us in the room who feel like you're distant. And God, that I I pray that they're able to remember the feeling that they had when they first said yes to you, God, and that they're able to connect themselves back to you through that, God. God, let us never forget your truth of your love and grace. In your son's precious name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Tyler, and thank you for listening. Here's some of what's happening here at La Jolla Press. On August 12th, right after second service from 11.30 to 3 p.m., we'll meet at Torrey Pines State Reserve and go for a beautiful moderate hike in one of San Diego's most scenic locations. Save the date and more details will follow. For more information, contact Mike Sedgwick. Mike's email address is mikes at ljpress.org. Also on Sunday, August 12th, we'll be doing beach baptisms from 4 to 5 p.m. at La Jolla Beach, south of Children's Pool. We only do the beach baptisms once a year, and it's a great way to celebrate this momentous occasion in God's beautiful creation. To be baptized, you need to make an appointment with a pastor. To get it all set up, contact Michelle Whitney at michellew at ljpress.org. Our mission partners working with Refugee Resettlement tell us that families seeking asylum in the U.S. are now being kept together and released into the country while they await their hearing date. The families need blankets, sleeping bags, towels, non-perishable food, and baby gear. Please bring these items to the church. There's a barrel in the reception office. For more information, you can email Christy Zatkin at czatkin at me.com. That's C-Z-A-T-K-I-N at M-E dot com. Or to work directly with a family, go to safeharbors.net. The Young Men's Wild Barbecue is Thursday, August 9th at 6.30 p.m. at Tom Cassidy's house. The cost is $10, and please bring a friend. It's a great outreach. To RSVP, you can email Brad Williams at bwilliams at flockever.com. That's B Williams at F L O C K 
E-A-V-O-Y-E-R.com. You can find a complete listing of what's going on around La Jolla Press on our website at ljpress.org. That's L-J-P-R-E-S dot O-R-G. Or call the church office at 858-454-0713. We hope you have a wonderful week full of many blessings, and we hope to see you soon.